Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado. Para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. BS TV Channel 421 and Go TV Channel 125. Joy News, your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Coming up this afternoon, Supreme Court asks the fine Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagbin, guilty of contempt and imposed sanctions for allowing the House to consider the anti LGBT. Kill Bill, despite pending court case. We have details for you. Also, Asen North MP Jachi Kwesin sets in motion multiple legal including a fresh action of the Supreme Court in a bid to put his trial on hold. Plus, ECG disconnects a Zoom line outfit and a youth employment agency in Dambai, Volta region. With details as a disconnection team scales up its Operation Zero exercise. We're live also on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at Joy News on TV. My personal handle is at Danana Aisha. Please stay for details. <laughs> Many thanks for choosing us. The Supreme Court is being asked to impose sanctions on the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagbin, for allowing the House to proceed with the anti-LGBT bill despite pending legal actions. Researcher Dr. Amanda Odoi contends the Speaker has treated court processes with disdain and contempt. Dr. Odoi is one of two citizens who have sued the Speaker of Parliament and the Attorney General over the anti-LGBT bill. She contends her checks show that the Speaker of Parliament has been served with all relevant court processes, including one asking the court to place an injunction on Parliament's consideration of the law. It will be recalled that Parliament last week wrapped up the second reading of the bill, bringing it a step closer to conclusion of processes on the controversial law. Legal Affairs Correspondent Joseph Akabli has more on this development. So in fact, what's the uh, lawyers have done, the lawyers for Dr. Amanda Oudoy, what they have done is that uh, they actually wrote to the Supreme Court registry asking that uh, the court provides them with evidence indicating whether the registry has been able to serve the Speaker of Parliament and attend the general with the court processes. They obtained a proof of service that indicates that yes, the case itself, the substantive case against uh, the, the anti-LGBT bill has been sent on the Speaker of Parliament through a senior legal officer at his office, he again obtained evidence indicating that it has been served on the attorney general's office as well. With respect to the application for injunction, he also received responses from the Supreme Court registry indicating that those processes have been served on the Speaker of Parliament. He also attached to the court documents indicating publications. One of such publications is, uh, was done by my journal, our own website, which has been attached to the court process to indicate that, yes, yes, the speaker proceeded to allow discussion on the bill to take place. And so they are that 
And in that particular story, reference is made to the fact that there are two pending cases in court against the anti-gay male. It does not provide the specifics of the nature of the punishment that they believe should be imposed, except to make the point that it's important that the court stamps its authority and indicates to all Ghanaians that due process is the nature of legal processes here in Ghana, and that the Speaker of Parliament has consistently conducted himself in a manner that, as far as they are concerned, shows a clear disregard and contempt for the court and its processes. And so they want the appropriate sanctions to be imposed by the apex court of the land. We again make the point in terms of when exactly this will be dealt with, in terms of the process that has been filed, is to be dealt with on the 19th of July. Interestingly, that is the same day that they are supposed to move the application for injunction at the Supreme Court as well. It is important to state that our checks, the Speaker of Parliament and the Attorney General are yet to file any responses to the substantive case that has been filed as well. That was uh, Joseph Akable with those updates. Let's stick with Parliament because former Majority Leader Kleta Savoka is leading the fierce opposition to efforts to repeal the death penalty under Ghanaian law. The offence of murder carries a death penalty. But since 1992, no conviction murderer has been killed. Kleta Savoka says the argument in support of the reform is purse. We'll hear from him shortly, but first, though, listen to sponsor of the private member bill seeking to amend that law MP for Medina Francis Susu on why this change is necessary. Mr. Speaker, the very last execution in Ghana happened on the 17th of July 1993 where 12 men were killed by fire squad. Mr. Speaker, the current position of Ghana is that we are abolitionists de facto or abolitionists in practice. Mr. Speaker, this is so because since 1993 to date, Ghana has not signed a death warrant to execute anyone. Mr. Speaker, in this engagement, we have had several consensus. For example, a political consensus. A political consensus because the then administration of the NDC began this process and as soon as this bill was made in Parliament, the current government, led by His Excellency Anadu also has openly endorsed the position of the bill. And this year, the President voted at the UN, uh, at the UN in favor of the resolution to end the use of death penalty. All the consensus that we have built over the years supports the fact that it is time for Ghana to amend the, um, its laws so that it can align with our practices. His bill has received support from Parliament's Constitutional and Legal Affairs Committee, which has recommended the passage of the bill. Bernard Ahiafo. His bill has received support from Parliament's Constitutional and Legal Affairs Committee, which has recommended the passage of the bill. Bernard Ahiafo. To shortchange workers in protecting their pensions. It is for this reason the government, through an MOU signed with all. Of his better, you leave 99%. A guilty person free than to convict one innocent person. Assuming the death penalty is carried out in a criminal statute makes a mockery of justice. And the mere fact that for almost three decades, presidents of the Republic have found it unnecessary to sign execution warrants is an indication that Ghana does not need the law. We can now listen to Kleta Savoka and Habib who have been opposing the change uh, being requested by Francis Susu. They are advanced this evening in favor of the motion are very spurious and have no merit. At all, the arguments in favor of the motion are unmeritorious. Very, very unmeritorious. Besides that, Mr. Speaker, it's a very lopsided argument that they have advanced this evening. They have not addressed the two sides of the coin. Mr. Speaker, this issue, the first point that they canvass is the, the, the point of uncertainty, judicial uncertainty. What is perfect on this earth 
that you think that the judiciary should have been perfect. What is perfect? 2 a.m. An intruder, an intruder comes into my house. He climbs a ladder. He goes to look for a ladder that comes into my house. Climbs up, breaks open my door and window, then kills me. Or if before then, he would have raped my wife, my partner lying with me. While my, my, I'm looking at it, he's raping my wife. Then, as if that is not enough, he takes my life and he kills me. Then this man has human rights. He has a human right. I, I have no human rights. You should come and take my life within 30 minutes. He has come 30 minutes to relax well. I have no rights. And he has a right to live. What right? What right, Mrs. Speaker? Definitely we need to leave this so that it will be a deterrent to others. Um, Speaker, both Muslims and Christians, we all believe in their eye for an eye. But in, 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 in certain instances where you will see that or you are very much aware that if I kill somebody, I will still be alive. People end up uh, ending people's life or shortening people's life with an excuse that if I end your life, I wouldn't be killed. I think that for the fact that no president or for a while, we have not been able to execute anybody. We should still leave this in our books. We should leave it because it will serve as a deterrent to others. We should leave it because society has responsibility to look or an obligation to look after the welfare of its citizens. So it should not be a case that because one or two misfortunes might happen, it should always be the case that if you kill somebody or end somebody's life, they also have families and their, their lives also matter. You should not be killed or you should allow to go into prisons uh, for life. Now, as North MP James Dachekwesen has set in multiple motions, uh, legal processes, including a fresh action at the Supreme Court in a bid to put his trial on hold, is demanding motions, uh, legal processes, including a fresh action at the Supreme Court in a bid to put his trial on hold, is demanding with uh, the aggrieved customers of Gold Coast Fund Management, who today also uh, picketed the Securities and Exchange Commission, demanding payment of their lockdown funds. My colleague James Ishen was there. He's now with me in the studio to tell us uh, a bit more about what happened over there. So we had the stories from the aggrieved customers. Did the Securities and Action Commission meet them? What did they say? Yeah, today, yes, they met the Security and Exchange Commission. They were expecting something positive out of that particular meeting. But it appears after almost two to three hours of that particular meeting, when we engage the convener, that is trial be received. Attorney General Godfrey Abuadami is, however, accusing the legislature of engaging in a plot to prevent the court from hearing the case at all costs. Parliamentary affairs correspondent. The prosecution will be relying on as evidence against James Jatikwesen. And Mr. Quintus lawyers think they do that they do not have the full complement of those documents. And the High Court is agreed, but they are asking the Supreme Court to intervene and quash the decision of the High Court that they have the full complement and direct that the document should be made available to them. The Attorney General Godfrey Abuadami did indicate that as far as he's concerned, he believes that it's part of a grand scheme to simply prevent the court from dealing with this particular case. So as a result, he urged the court to disregard this particular application and allow the case to proceed. And the judge has decided to deliver a ruling on the matter on the 18th of July. Mm. The, the court had reason to actually caution the lawyers in the case, Chachichikata <coughs> and Godfrey Dami, from having a go at each other. Tell us about that. So what happened today was that uh, at the start of proceedings, uh, Alfred Chayeba, who is a deputy attorney general, announced uh, himself as a lawyer for the prosecution. Then Mr. Chikata indicated that he was representing uh, the side of Mr. Poison. In the course of the court proceedings, uh, the attorney general joined, and she subsequently rose and addressed the court in response to the arguments that made by Mr. Chikata. So when he was there, Mr. Chikata came in and pointed out that he thinks it is contrary to the practice that a lawyer comes when proceedings have started and has not announced himself and has not apologized but proceeds to address the court. And so he thought that that was improper. So he was drawing the attorney general's attention to that particular anomaly. Uh, but the agency shot in and said that if it is his name that Mr. Chikata wants to hear, then he can proceed to 
and mentioned his name for him to hear, but the court needs to note that Mr. Chikata, even when he announced himself, has never mentioned his name in the courtroom. Was at that point that the judge came in and said that you respectfully ask that all sides keep to the legal issues before the court and desist from making such comments which he believes does not really help the court determine the key legal issues that are before it. Akable, we know that the minority MPs have indicated they will show up in court to support their own at the High Court as we speak. Actually, not one, three, seven. In fact, I counted about 20 of them, led by the minority leader himself, a Dr. Cassiel Atuforsin, the deputy minority leader, Imanol Amatibwa, uh, the chief whip, uh, Kwame Akuja, as well as other members of parliament, like Samuel Okuketu, uh, all showing up. Francis Adichie, being an MP, also candidate uh, to support uh, Jim Jachikwese here in court. Mm. Were there some ministers as well? Firstly, the minister for trade, and Katie Hammond came in uh, to the courtroom. There was also uh, the Minister for Transport, Koko Fori Esiyama. It's unclear why the Transport Minister came to the court, but for Katie Hammond, we know that there is an application here at the court asking that it is held in contempt for certain comments that he had made about this particular procedure. That matters to be dealt with on the 19th of July. But when he came in, he told his colleagues on the minority side that they have brought him to the courtroom, so he is here to observe. What has been going on in the court? Joseph Akablay is on. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Legal Affairs Correspondent bringing us update from the court. Away from the court, the Electricity Company of Ghana has disconnected power supply to offices belonging to Zoom Lion Parks and Guarding and that of a youth employment all located in Dambai in the Volta region. The whole office of the Parks and Guarding was also disconnected from engaging in illegal power connections. Back here in Accra, Cabinet is considering the restructuring of all public enterprises and entities with the government's interest. The move seeks to liquidate lists on the Ghana Stock Exchange and look for the strategic investment to make them profitable. The Minister for Public Enterprises, Joseph Kujo, said already 17 dysfunctional state entities which are beyond redemption have been disposed of and indicated that the remaining 175 will have to undergo restructuring to make them competitive. The minister who spoke on Joy News advised against politicizing decisions to enhance the performance of state-owned enterprises. They are beyond redemption. Um, these 117 are outside the 175. Okay. So if you were to add them, they would have been 192 books. Mm. These ones go into private hands. Let private capital invest in them. They are all for commercial purposes. And then um, the 175, a lot of restructuring is taking place. Like you said, um, they have to attain profitability. Are you getting me? So um, that is the drive there. Those that we believe that must be listed on the stock market, like how Goyle, you know Goyle is listed, and uh, how GCB Bank, it was Ghana Commercial Bank, 100% owned, but listed, and today it's uh, really performing well. When it comes to co the private sector, these things are tools or corporate decisions at their disposal every day. And when you see the giant corporate, the giant corporate, these are decisions every day that um, you have. Uh, let's say, a giant, let me use yours, uh, uh, multimedia here. Right. You know, uh, you would have different divisions, huh? different divisions. Sometimes you may want to enter into a new area which will bring in more revenue. Sometimes you want to hive off a business which you think somebody may have better expertise to do it better, so you sell off. You sell off and use the capital 
to do what you do best and which is more profitable to you so that you can expand. So it, it, it should be the case that we should be passionate and rational in these decisions rather than political driven discussions. Mm. The minister is appealing to private investors to come to the rescue of alien state enterprises. Private enterprise, we need you. We need private capital. We need private capital to complement government policy in every space of the economic activities we have. We need private capital. And we need adequate private uh, capital. There's so much economic opportunity available to every private investor. Bring in the right technologies, bring in adequate capital, and invest in the various sectors of the economy. From housing to uh, communications, you know, digitalization, we need a lot of infrastructure too. To automobile, I, I don't know what sector of the economy is not requiring investment, but it is private capital that will do so that government would also use our tax revenues to focus on roads, hospitals, schools, securities, exactly. The construction of a health facility initiated by the Assembly Member for KO Electoral Area in Kumase has been abandoned for almost five years. The clinic situated at the Krobo-Dumase market has been left for occupation by squatters as the community yearned for increased access to health care. There is more in the following report. A former Assembly Member of KO Electoral Area, Alexander Safokese, initiated the construction of a clinic and police station in 2018. He self-financed the project in fulfillment of a promise to residents while he was campaigning to go to the assembly. The KME, acknowledging the importance of the projects, prioritized the police station and reimbursed the assemblyman to take over the project. However, the one-story building serving as a clinic has been left to rot after the assembly member lost his seat. Second-hand clothes sellers now use part of the structure for trading. But the traders are anxious to see the completion of the health facility to support their health needs. The risks involved in our operations is high. The hospital could have given us first aid. The abandoned clinic also serves as an apartment for some and other food vendors have turned the space as a boat to prepare their food. A corn miller also occupies part of the structure for business and at the back of the structure are scattered cooking utensils. The squatters say the rooms get flooded any time it rains. They fear the building would collapse with no intervention. This is where we sleep, but it gets flooded any time it rains. The building looks weak, and we fear for our lives. Still in the Ashanti region, commuters in Kumasi have decried the rampant exploitation by commercial transport operators who arbitrarily hike fares during rush hour. They are hoping for an efficient operation of the bus rapid transport system to ease the monopoly of trotro operators. The following report by Anita Sewa Ajoga looks at the state of public transport system in Greater Kumasi. During rush hours, some commercial intercity transport operators, known popularly as Trotro, increased their fares by almost 100%. Stranded commuters pay more to board vehicles and spend hours in traffic. The first three cities, but they add another three cities, and that's our problem. We hope the buses would be available in future. 
problem is facing the problem is the problem problem is the problem problem Anytime it rains, the prices are increased, but the BRT maintains the same price. The Trotro drivers change the transport fare in the evening and we want something to be done about it. The private minibuses compete with the 33 vehicles currently under the bus rapid transport fleet managed by the Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly. But the poor public bus transport system remains a challenge to the BRT operations. Branch manager of BRT Ayalolu, Samson Edulabi, says commuters prioritize their services mostly during rush hours. Public transport challenges in Kumase basically has got to do with our parking lots or parking places at the main CBD where we load the passengers and then also the road network in Kumase. Uh, our buses, as you can see, are available but we don't have dedicated bus lanes where these buses will have to commute to the main CBD so we are all competing with the other private mini buses popularly called the Trotro and then when we get to the CBD proper that is the central market and the doom we don't have even a parking space left alone a loading point so we barely able to go and spend time to load for passengers and because of that, during the non-peak hours, our buses have to retire back to the depot and parked, as you can see here. So that during the peak hours after 4.30, 3.30 to 5.00, they will go to the CBD and pick the passengers. Providing transport infrastructure and reducing barriers to travel could serve as an important strategy for reducing transport poverty. Urban transport planner and resettlement specialist at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, Professor Michael Pukubuensi, wants the government to put in drastic interventions to prevent transport poverty in the greater Kumasi metropolis. Our BIT system started at the same time as our counterparts in Tanzania, Dar es Salaam. Whilst Ghana's project could not see the light of day, the project in Tanzania became a success and currently has 305 buses, carries 300,000 passengers daily, and became the first African city to win the Sustainable Transport Award in 2018. Reducing from the outcome of these two initiatives of the government of Ghana, it will not be far-fetched to conclude that transport poverty is going to stay with us for a very long time to come, unless some drastic interventions are carefully planned and implemented. The World Bank, after visibility studies, has approved a bus rapid system that will be implemented in Greater Kumase. Mr. Edulabi noted the new road and car designs will conform to the new standards. Uh, we have passed through the feasibility studies with the World Bank. And in this situation, the World Bank came down and invited all stakeholders, transport operators, urban roads, and all the engineers. So they have come to actually identify our current problem or current situation. And they are incorporating all the needs into the new BLT that they are bringing. So they are bringing on board new road designs that will conform to the new standard. And even the buses we are going to use are also going to be redesigned to suit the cultural behavior of our people here. So this gives me a relief that if we have life, then Kumasi will see the light in future.
the BRT operations will access a dedicated route for the buses, including a terminal at Sokoban, to operate fully in Greater Kumasi. For Joy News, Anita Sewajuga's report, read to you. Recent findings conducted by the World Bank has revealed that 50% of 10-year-old students in developing countries struggle with literacy. A post-COVID assessment revealed that this figure has declined to a concerning 70%. Managing Director of Operations for the World Bank, Anna Bijede, shared the outcome of this investigation on a visit to the new Biomunicipal Basic One School to assess the progress of the Ghana Accountability for Learning Outcomes project Gallup. There's more in this report. The Ghana Accountability for Learning Outcome Project Gallup is an initiative founded by the World Bank. The project supports 10,500 schools nationally. The World Bank Managing Director of Operations, Anna Bijerdi, as part of her visit to Ghana, went to the Wijakbawi Municipal Assembly Basic One School, one of the beneficiaries of the Gallup project. She expressed concern about the inability of pupils and students in developing countries to comprehend what they read. So before COVID, we were um, tracking data of 10-year-old children to see how many 10-year-old children in the world had a difficult time reading a story that was appropriate for their age and understanding it fully. For developing countries, low-income and low-middle-income countries around the world, 57% of those 10-year-olds actually had difficulty. That was a high number, we felt, and gave us a reason before COVID to really focus and continue to focus on education and learning, actually trying to quantify and understand whether children were learning. After COVID, we have reassessed that number, and it's not a good outcome. We now put the number at 70%. Seven out of 10 children at age of 10 have a hard time reading a story and fully comprehending it. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Prince of Lands and Natural Resources Samuel Abujinapo has emphasized the need for plantation development and policies initiated by former Prime Minister uh, under the Second Republic, Professor Kofi Abrifabuzia. He believes Buzia's initiatives, including the introduction of tea tree plantation in Ghana, have become indispensable tools for the country's current development efforts. He was speaking at a symposium to celebrate the 11th 110th birth anniversary of Professor J.A. Buzia. The Buzia Symposium, which recently took place at the African Region Hotel in Accra, was a celebration of the incredible impact of Professor K.A. Buzia. The event aimed to highlight the continued relevance of Buzia's visionary ideas in our modern society. Speaking at the event, Minister of Lands and Natural Resources Samuel Abujinapur emphasized the significant influence of Buzia's policy, particularly in the area of plantation development. As far back as 1970, the far-sighted Dr. Buzia had embarked on, a, on plantation development under his government's rural development program. And to promote this plantation development, Dr. Buzia focus on the renowned premium tropical timber known in the scientific world as Tectona grandis, but commonly referred to as teak. The objectives of the program, among others, ladies and gentlemen, were to create employment, protect the environment, and foreign exchange by way of lumber for export and provide fodder for livestock. Apart from this, Dr. Buzia had anticipated that transporting electricity cables on wooden poles will be cheaper and better than concrete ones. And teak 
will be a very critical tool to this electrification program. At the time, this might have sounded too far a vision to realize, since TIC takes about 10 years to mature. Today, millions of our people are enjoying the fruits of Buzier's foresight in using TIC to transmit electricity. Minister of Environment, Science, Technology and Innovation, Kweku Efriye, lauded the late Prime Minister for his unwavering dedication towards addressing women-related issues. He was one of the first. He made maternity leave compulsory. And then he introduced family planning for not because he wanted to uh, fundamentally to check our population, make sure that women's health are protected. This is one domain the left have appropriated. We should not cede it to the political left. In fact, it was uh, FTSI who gave uh, Professor Sai who made sure that this was realized. Executive Director of the Bozier Institute, Anani Ejay, indicated that the Institute is working towards building an academic museum in honor of the late Prime Minister. We're still live on Joy News today. We are coming from our studios in Kokomlini on the final first streets. Let's take a break. When we return, there's more in business. You will enjoy free life insurance, oh. free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to double your salary. A whole and even more consolation rewards in the EcoBank Double Salary Promo Reloaded. Vimwo, this EcoBank Salary Account sounds interesting. What do you think? Uh, but maybe next time, Charlie. You know what? I do go shine my shoe. Hey. Yo, myself, I do go check my BB. Salary in the EcoBank Double Salary Promo Reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority, under the Caritas Lottery Platform. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the business segment on Join News Today with me, Pius Kojubaka. Minister of Trade and Industry, Katie Hammond, has assured that concerns of tax waivers and challenges in securing government support for one district, one factory project will be addressed soon. According to him, the president has taxed a team in parliament to deal with the challenge which has become a hindrance to the industrialization policy. Mr. Hammond pledged that the tax component of the program will be reviewed. 
one of the facilities that uh, we provide under the 1D1F uh, um, program is to ensure that uh, companies are provided with uh, exemptions uh, from uh, various taxations, um, uh, waivers, and, uh, and, and the lot. Uh, in the last couple of years, uh, <laughs> There have been uh, considerable challenges uh, in the parliament uh, as to this particular process of uh, granting the, the exemptions. We're working on it. The president taxed myself and the uh, minister for parliamentary affairs, uh, leader of the house, uh, um, to make sure that uh, this matter is completely stre- uh, uh, streamlined. We intend to see the speaker about it. and. Uh, I hope that will make uh, some progress. Not only this, there's quite a few of them uh, which are all uh, uh, choked up in in the system. We we will hope to, to get them sorted out. Now, global shipping industry accounts for 3% of worldwide greenhouse gas emission. However, as many economies bounce back post-COVID-19 pandemic, the emission of pollutants are expected to rise to 17% by 2050. In view of this, Ghanaian port authorities have been urged to explore ways of cutting down on significant pollution at its harbors and airport as part of the global push to tackle climate change. Blessed Sogan visited the port of Auckland in the United States of America, where authorities aim to zero emissions in the coming years. This may look like a simple ship cruise from afar, but activities of thousands of these machines around the world account for 3% of global gas emissions. And as trading increases post the COVID-19 pandemic, that figure is certainly set to see a significant rise to about 17% by 2050. Alarmed at the likely impact of these toxic gases and global warming, Port Authorities at Oakland in California in the United States of America say they are going green. The Bay Area, which has unique jurisdiction over air and seaports in San Francisco, would usually see over 2 million cargoes cleared from its seaports in a year with heavy dependence on fossil fuel. But that may no longer be the case. Here at the Port of Oakland, we meet Executive Director Danny Wan as he explains how the transformation is taking place. Uh, we're happy to say that the Port of Oakland is unique among ports because we are the export port. So that's something that's unique about the Port of Oakland. Uh, also, uh, we are very excited, and there's a brochure in your package, about the fact that we are, going, we are on the forefront of converting ports into zero emissions using green technology and green energy instead of uh, petrol. Port authorities indicate to Joy News that this forms part of the global push aimed at tackling climate change. Globally, shipping accounts for 3% of greenhouse gas emissions. But as trade expands around the world, that figure is set to increase by 17% by the year 2050. As part of its effort to go green, the port of Oakland, California, in the United States of America, says it is setting a target of zero gas emissions in the coming years. So how can developing countries such as Ghana convert to green energy? So I think for the developing countries, it's a very exciting time to get involved in that uh, because right now people are looking for places to, that are willing to adopt these technologies. And as I said, many times with subsidies involved. So I think this is the time for a lot of developing countries to get involved in a dialogue and actually figure out where their place is in that. Yeah, of course, COVID had an effect on everybody. I think financing... Uh, is going to be uh, a challenge for everybody. But like I said, I think a lot of the governments, especially in probably, well, I'll just speak for the United States, is willing to invest in that, and that technology can be transferable. Leslie Sukens report for Joy News, San Francisco, California. And here in the studios of Joy News, I am Pius Kojubaka, ending the business on Joy News today's sports is next.
soaking rice contains 12 vitamins? Yes, 12 essential vitamins that growing bodies need. So grow healthy and strong. And smart. Absolutely. Kidivite Multivitamin Tonic contains all the essential vitamins and nutrients needed for the healthy development of children from age 1 to 12 years. Also available, Kidivite Multivitamin Drops for babies under 12 months. Grow strong, grow healthy with Kidivite. Distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. For 17 times, Ghana has been to the International Monetary Fund for economic bailouts. The finance minister worked for the president literally, so you take orders from him. So when you come to parliament saying we are not going to the AMF today, tomorrow, and that we are a proud nation and that, you are just exaggerating your own sense of importance because the president can tell you, stop the nonsense, we are going to the And that's what we saw. The, the communique from the, um, the minister for information says that the president is directing that you open conversations with the IMF. That's the end of story. But why do we keep going back? I think we need to begin to ask ourselves what role do we want the IMF or the international financial system to play in our economy management. No country in the modern world can develop in the long term based on IMF intervention. International political economist and lead researcher at Afro... Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Global. Professor Lord Marco Yevuga sits with foreign affairs. As we dissect Ghana's continuous plea for economic assistance. Ghana's political economy on foreign affairs this week. Everyone has a story. But there was a time I decided I have to stop the music. A story of that unique place that gives them a vibe. It's a spiritual moment for me whenever I have to record music because whenever the place is dark, I feel I'm in the studio alone, even without the producer. Excellence, special skills, talent, and mastery. Welcome to E-Vibes with Becky on the channel.
Good afternoon, welcome to Showbiz here on Joy News here now. Multiple award winning dancehall and reggae artist Samini has disclosed his decision to release an album to celebrate his completion of studies at Gimpa. Speaking to Joy Prime's Ibrahim Bembako, Samini says it is a good way to come back after three and a half years of the music scene. I did, I did a few things. I, I, did, I dropped an EP while in school. A burning EP, I did that in school, uh, that had um, a fear on the, the track picture, so that EP, I did that. I also dropped uh, the single um, Abundance, I also dropped uh, the single, the reggae single, it was that reggae single again, the last one I just dropped, see, my mind inside all makes plenty, so, yeah, uh, uh, um, um. oh, that okay. is off the Sticks and Locks EP. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so, I mean, I've been trying to stay active okay. at, at least keep my fans engaged and of course as the as the src president who qualified for vetting with the right gpa i couldn't afford to start going downhill yeah. Yeah. then it's going to affect my graduation yeah. and lo and behold my, my my papers are good and i'm graduating on the 28th of this month well that's good congratulations on that so it means three and a half years you yeah even though you did some works but you held a lot of you back yeah are you ready to unleash now Yep. And yep. Go, going to unleash what is what is going to be the roadmap for Samini now that all high graders out there know that you're <laughs> done with school. What's going yeah. to be the roadmap? Uh, expect a lot of exciting stuff. Of course, I'm going to record an album okay. to, to, to celebrate the comeback. And then a lot of exciting stuff. I, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet, but expect a lot of exciting stuff. I'm fully um, ready and my mind is well concentrated on the arts now. Now that I know the books is behind me, even though school is not over, over yet, because okay. I still have a few other things that I would like to pursue in the in the academics area. Still on music, Raphael Talk says venturing into music has had a huge impact on his life in the short time that he has been in the industry. Speaking on Daybreak Hits FM, Talk revealed that he became the breadwinner of his family at the age of 20. Oh yeah, music like moved me and my family out of the hood. Really? Yeah. So it was a big, it's a big achievement for me. Music got me, um, let's say a farmland. Wow. Yeah, that I'm working on. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole lot. So music changed my life. Now, major film, uh, including the production of Avatar and Gladiator sequels, are looking likely to be affected by Hollywood actors taking strike action. Promotional events such as Red Carpet premieres will also be affected, such as Disney films, Hunted Mason, uh, released later this month. Events including the Emmys and Comic Con may be rescheduled uh, of scale back in the industry's biggest shutdown for over 60 years. Some 160,000 performers stopped work at midnight in LA. The announcement followed similar strike action from the Writers Guild of America and brought most US film and TV productions to a halt. From the time negotiations began on June 7th, SAG-AFTRA staff and the members of our negotiating committee have worked overtime, devoting their evenings, weekends, and holidays to achieving a deal that would ensure a sustainable future for the acting profession. But despite our team's efforts, the MPTP has remained steadfast in its commitment to devaluing the work of our members. Actors deserve a contract that reflects the changes that have taken place in the industry. Unfortunately, the current streaming model has undercut performers' residual income and high inflation has further reduced our members' ability to make ends meet. Additionally, industry expectations around self-tape auditions mean performers are bearing casting costs that were once the responsibility of producers. To complicate matters further, actors now face an existential threat to their livelihoods with the rise of generative AI technology. We've proposed contract changes that address these issues, but the AMPTP has been uninterested in our proposals. Because of this, the board has determined that union members should withhold their labor until a fair contract can be achieved. A strike is an instrument of last resort. We've tried for four weeks to reach a deal with the AMPTP, and unfortunately, they have left us with no alternative. Although we're all disappointed with the AMPTP's reluctance 
to cooperate. The solidarity among SAG-AFTRA members has never been stronger. Based on the enthusiasm I'm seeing from everyone, I truly believe this union has the unity and the resolve needed to fight for the future of their careers, working actors. Today, we embark on a new important chapter in our union's history. Earlier this morning, the SAG-AFTRA National Board convened following four weeks of negotiations That'll be all for Showbiz here on Joy News today. That's more Showbiz News in our subsequent bulletins. Good afternoon. Time check out was making headlines elsewhere. Nigeria's President Bola Tinubu has declared a state of emergency on food security to address ongoing food inflation. Immediate, medium, and long term interventions have been designed by the government to combat the shortages. These range from providing fertilizers and greens to farmers and households to assigning responsibility for food and water to the National Security Council. The government plans to allocate funds from the fuel subsidy removal to support the agricultural sector and establish a national commodity board to regulate and stabilize food prices. President Tinubu emphasized the initiative's goals of reducing food costs, promoting agriculture and generating employment opportunities. That is it for World News and that's it also for the bulletin this afternoon. My name is Aisha Prime. Log on to myjohnline.com. You'll find more of the news and updates of all the developing stories to enjoy the rest of our programs. Imagine a family without a home. Imagine a song without a voice. Imagine a church without prayers. 
imagine a government without citizens. Imagine democracy without journalists. Imagine a world without the media. Life is full of issues and stories about people, communities. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.